Welcome back, everybody. I'm Jay. He's Maddie. This is Yankee and the Brit Sports Talk. And today we're going to review week 17. And today I'll keep all my clothes on, unlike Antonio. <laughs> Thank you so much for going and viewing that video so much, guys. Hopefully you'll get some traffic to all of our other ones that are better prepared and not so on the fly. But yeah, sometimes you've just got to make a video about some crazy shit that you see. And uh that one was a lot of fun just to do on the fly. I am sat on the floor again uh, in this one, having to hold my mic uh, for different on the fly reasons. And you can't see all my dirty dishes on this one. <laughs> <laughs> well, since we're just joking about it, let's start out with that Bucks jets game, which was crazy. The only thing I'm going to throw out there is from what I've been hearing today, the weird shit that went on is because Antonio Brown did not want to play because he didn't think his foot was healed enough. I'm not sure, but he's out there making cameos today and talking about a Netflix thing he's going to do, but he was sounding kind of odd to me. So I think he's in a bad head spot right now, but we did a video on it. It's just, I wanted to report what I heard now is that it had something to do with a foot injury. Yeah, it was. So originally everyone was like, oh, he's, he's getting annoyed because they're making him sit on the sidelines because he needs eight catches. Oh, he's, he doesn't realize there's another game because he's got loads of head injuries. It's like, dude knows there's another game still to play. He knows this isn't his last game. Like, calm down. Um, and if it is that, like, your foot's not healing, fine. But Bruce Arians asked him to go walk into the locker room after. So what? from what I've heard, from what was reported on uh, Sky Sports News straight after the Cowboys game, uh, Neil Reynolds is a fantastic NFL journalist and you should all check him out. He's a British journalist over here. He gives British NFL fans everything they need to know. Um, he, he said that Arians asked him to go into the game. Brown said no. Arians asked him to go in again. Brown said no. Right. Shitty thing to do, but if it's because of your foot, whatever, but why have you come back and been playing on it then to start with? And then Arians asked him to go into the locker room. And that's when he kicked off and started stripping and throwing his stuff around, put a tweet out saying that New York strip clubs are going to be hiring Antonio Brown. And that's the only way he's going to get a trade into another professional position after this is getting traded into the New York strip club scene after his performance the other night. Uh, but honestly, like I, I know there's people saying that it's mental health and me and you are both advocates massively for mental health issues we've talked about concussions on the podcast a lot of the time i've spoken about how ridiculous it is compared to rugby and the hia rules here you said how ridiculous it is like Devonte adams getting knocked out but sometimes you've just got to be held accountable for your actions whether you're having a mental breakdown or not because if i have a mental breakdown and like act like that then i expect to be held accountable for my actions even though i have an excuse to my closest and dearest friends, like Tom Brady seemed to be giving him the excuse after, but you still should be held accountable. Yeah, I don't want to beat a dead horse. More is going to come out because you know AB ain't going to stop talking. But um, what about that game, Maddie? Yeah, the Jets have some juice, man. Like the Jets under Robert Salah, I'm pretty sure they've only... Is that their fifth loss by one possession or... What, by one score like or more, something like that, like fifth, it's either fifth, fifth, sixth, or seventh. I'm confident in around there. Uh, by one score or more, like the Jets have got some juice. 
they just played stupid. It, it's this thing again of playing that passive defense when you've, uh, when you've, when you're up. That playing that passive defense, it's ridiculous. Play, do the same thing that got you there. Like this, I always say a prevent defense prevents you from winning the game. They have to stop with that. Quarterbacks will nickel and dime you. Sure, okay. If you were giving up three to four yard nickel and dimes, that's a nickel and dime to me. But if these prevent defenses, they're giving up eight, 12, 16 yeah. yards of play. These guys are driving right down, and you're making it easy on great quarterbacks like Tom Brady. He is going to pick you apart. Do what got you to being this close in the game. Send pressure. Jam the receiver. And if you lose doing what got you there, so be it. But don't let the stupid prevent defense be the what kills you. And it's the inconsistency between the aggression of not taking the field goal to be a touchdown up, and then you play the prevent, which takes you to overtime. Okay, like, I still hate the prevent, but fine, whatever. But to then go for it to try and ice the game and be overly aggressive, when, like, they look good, like, the Jets look good, but on form, you're saying, kick that field goal, take it to overtime, you might get a tie out of it. But you're seven points up and they have to score a touchdown then anyway. So you, then your prevent defense has to cover even less, but like to that aggression and then that passive stance after, it's just a lack of consistency and it's a lack of winning games. Like that's why I think it is with the Jets. It's Robert Sola first year as a head coach. Like he'll learn. It's it's he'll learn. And I like what the Jets are starting to build together out of the Jets. Texans and Jaguars and maybe not the Lions. I think, yeah, and the Lions. I think the Jets and the Lions have got the most to be happy about this season, even though their records don't say that compared to the Texans. Yeah, the Bucks had me a little nervous going into the playoffs, but I always have so much faith in Brady and Gronk. And if they're smart because they have OJ Howard, and Mike Evans, they're just going to go to more two tight end sets, like make linebackers and safeties try to cover two mat monster tight ends. So they'll figure it out. Brady played that whole two tight end game a lot in, um, in, in new England. And I think Brian Leftwich is a smart guy and he's going to do what it takes to figure that out. I just, the only thing that makes me nervous is they got one game to figure it out before the playoffs. Yeah, they've also got Scotty Miller on the bench, and he made big plays in the uh, in the playoffs. Uh, he made a big play in the NFC Championship game last year, so don't discount Scotty Miller um, either. But yeah, the the books didn't look like themselves. Like everybody's coming out and saying, like, oh yeah, Brady got a Brady came back after all that turmoil, and it's like, what's turmoil created by the books to start with? Like, it's not like other teams who've had loads of COVID injuries. Like, you signed Antonio Brown. You know what you're getting with Antonio Brown. Like, And it looks like, although Antonio Brown was a bit of a knob and I don't understand people defending him to the extent that people are going into bat for him, it could have been handled better. Like, it probably could have been handled at halftime rather than out on the pitch <laughs> at the start of the third quarter. Like, it was all started by them and they escaped from... MetLife Stadium. Let's be real. The Jets gave up that game more than the Bucks won it. Well, let's move on to the NFC number one seed clinched up. Green Bay Packers smacked the shit out of Sean Mannion and the <laughs> Minnesota Vikings. 
I'm not irritated about the loss. I'm irritated that they didn't play Kellen Mond. I know that coaches wanted a six-year vet to try to save their job. The weird thing, though, is if you would have asked me last night after the game, what percentage do you think Zimmer gets fired? I say 100%. This morning, after reading Patrick Peterson and uh, Eric Kendrick's quotes, I'm 75% convinced he gets fired. So I still think he gets fired, but these players coming out to his defense is like makes me not as convinced, but that was just a straight up ass whooping by a Vikings team that could not move the ball. And I know we're going to jump ahead from in from another game too, but can we get real and start admitting that Kirk cousins is better than Matt Stafford? And I never thought I would say that. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. We'll talk about that when it comes to the other game, because I've got, yeah, fair enough. But I just Cousins yeah. proves he, he is big for the Vikings because we suck balls without him on a team we beat last time we played him. And I'm not saying the Vikings would have won. Would have been a way different game if Kirk Cousins was playing. And then that just tells you what I'm starting to think about what's going on in L.A. with Matthew Stafford. But um, the Packers, congratulations. NFC North champs. I'm not going to just beat on the Vikings dead horse because the Vikings are dead this season. Congratulations. You're going to get some players back on that defense that are going to help. And with Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers are clicking like the way they were. I don't know how you defend him. He was literally laying balls over his shoulder, 40 yards down the field that you and I could have (laughs) caught. I don't know how you defend that. Those two are just amazing with each other. And they have this little game where they just look at each other on a run, dump it off. And um, Adams picks up six yards. And if he breaks a tackle, a touchdown, how you defend that when they're clicking too? I don't know. Packers looking good. Yeah, Packers Packers looked good last night. I mean, it's still after their, their two games that were far too close for me. And then a blowout win against Mannion and the uh, and the Vikings is different to a blowout win against Cousins and the Vikings. But unvaccinated players hurting their team again. Maybe one of the storylines to come out of that, that might be one of the things that you can level at Kirk Cousins is that really team play. I mean, everybody's up for their own. I hate that. I hate that kind of thing. Like where it's like, oh, you've got to play for the team. You've got to play for the team. Kirk Cousins decided to be unvaccinated and put that over the team. And if that's what he wants to be, then I'm okay with that. But just, just everybody needs to know that when we're going forward, like guys title to uh, entitled to his own opinion on vaccination, but he did cost his team uh, here by having that opinion. And I'm not, I'm not going to back down from that kind of stuff where you're allowed your own opinion and nobody should judge you for your own opinion. But your opinion is what cost them this game, even if they were going to get beat anyway, if he was there. He had every right to be unvaccinated, and when Zimmer gets fired, he better send him an apology text, something to the effect that, my bad. Like, because it was still a slim chance, but if you win that game, you still have a chance in the playoffs. Zimmer still has a chance of keeping his job. Um, A lot of players on that team are getting older And if this is their last ride, you're the reason that they didn't have a chance. Yeah, it's rough. It was the worst time for him to catch fucking COVID too for the Vikings, but is what it is. It was almost, it was almost predictable. It it was almost predictable at the start of the season. It was all, it was almost like, yeah, this is going to come because of how vocal he was in it. It's, it's like, Carson Wentz didn't get vaccinated, but he wasn't that vocal on it. So it hits Carson Wentz at a better time than it hits Kirk Cousins. If you believe in karma and that kind of shit, 
then that, that's obvious comic retribution that Kirk Cousins has got right there for being so vocal on it. Um, but just to go back to the game, I don't think Sean Mannion played horrendously bad. Like, I, I just don't know what more you would expect from him. Like, I've never heard of him in my entire life. Like, has he played any NFL snaps outside of complete walk-offs? He's played three games in his career, and every one of them was Week 17. Yeah, exactly. Like, well, like, just what more can you expect from the guy? I was enjoying his style of play when I was tweeting it. Once it started to get to a blowout, I went to bed because it was two in the morning. Um, uh, so I, d- I don't know what happened with Kellen Mond and stuff, but well, obviously, I bring watched, Kellen Mond in. I watched the whole game till the end to see Kellen Mond. They bring him in for one series. He plays, then Sean Mannion comes the fuck back out the series after. Like, what are you doing? And I don't even care if Kellen Mond sucks balls, but give the kid some playing time. Why, why'd you draft him if you are not going to let him play in a blowout? I don't get it. I just, I don't understand it. Sean Mannion's 29 years old. Everybody, nobody thinks he's going to be the next anything. So why not get the young kid some experience? It blows my mind. I have no idea. Yeah. It's, it's like when the New York Giants decide to play Mike Glennon over Jake Fromm. Well, if you're playing Mike Glennon over Jake from, I mean, you know, you know what Mike Glennon is. You know he's not good enough for the NFL. You don't necessarily know that Jake Fromm isn't good enough for the NFL. You're going to get blown out anyway. So, so what are you, what are you doing? The Packers. What more can we say about them? Like they did well to stop the run. That's what I think I was most impressed with because everybody was kind of tipping Delvin Cook. Cook to go for 100 yards, 200 yards, whatever, like have a freakish game from Delvin Cook, but they did well to stop the run. They have some big players on that defense. And obviously they have Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers, who both basically won me fantasy, uh, the the fantasy league this year. I, I forgot how much I disliked watching them click so well together uh, now that fantasy football's over. Um <laughs> I just I just totally forgot how irritating it is to watch a quarterback and a wide receiver who you know are going to dictate your chances of a Super Bowl for still four or five four or five years to come. Uh, just clicking so well together, I think the way that they're clicking, the team that they've built together, Aaron Rodgers won't leave this season now because of how like just ridiculously well it oiled it all looks. I don't know why I seem to be the only person who watched him last week on Pat McAfee and literally listened to him say goodbye to Green Bay. Nobody else heard what I heard. I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy, <laughs> but the way he said, I walked out of the stadium, I turned around and waved. I had to take it all in. And then instead of saying I'm leaving, I think he said, I'm pondering retirement, leaving, staying like he threw. I don't think he even meant retirement. I think he threw it in there because he realized how it was sounding. Maybe I'm crazy. It sounded like a fucking goodbye to me. Maybe I'm just being wishful too, as a Vikings fan. I don't know. But to me, it sounded like he was leaving, but who the hell knows? Not as much as a goodbye as what Russell Wilson did when he got on the radio uh, before. Uh, Yeah. Russell, let's just quickly mention that game before we move on to our next one as well. Russell Wilson played fantastically well in his, what looks like his goodbye to Seattle and our favorite team in the NFL at the minute, for some reason, even though you're a Vikings fan, the Detroit Lions got absolutely molly whopped, even though they like, they look kind of okay at times, but just Russell Wilson just had a, one of those Russell Wilson games and put up, what was it? 51 points or something ridiculous like that. And his goodbye to Seattle. What it looks He's like going to New York, but 
I would yes. take him in Minnesota if we're <laughs> going to move on from Cousins. I'd definitely take him in Minnesota. But he's never going to waive his no trade to come to cold-ass Minneapolis with his wife, Sierra. That's why they're going to go to New York, Sierra. Well, New Orleans, maybe, please. Saints, please. Uh, yeah, the Giants, I'm not worried about the Giants, even if they have Russell Wilson, then they'll find a way to fuck it up anyway. Um, moving on to our next game. <laughs> yeah, Maddie, I got we got to bring this game up. Not that it was a good game, but because Bills Mafia, congratulations, you locked up a playoff spot. You won that game. I mean, you were playing a game that a team that was seven and eight, oddly, if you gassed me. Like, not watching what are the Falcons, I would have been like, I don't know, five wins. But, no, they were literally seven and eight, which is shocking to people who don't follow the Falcons. They kicked the dog shit out of them. Bills lock up a playoff spot. That's big shout-out to the Bills and Bills Mafia. Yeah, big shout-out to the Bills and Bills Mafia. They didn't play well in that 29-15 win, which is a weird thing to say. Just Josh Allen had a few things where he just went, I'm fucking Josh Allen and it's snowing, and Matt Ryan can't throw the ball as hard as I can. That's that's what happened. That's that's realistically what happened is it's snowing. I'm a kid from Wyoming. Matt Ryan is not going to have a better day than me today. Uh, but that being said, Matt Ryan thrown to Kyle Pitts this season, 1,000-yard season for a rookie tight end. Who, uh, who would have thought that would have been uh, on the cards before the draft last year? Well, you want to talk about something who would have thought we're on the cards before the even beginning of this year? Who's the ASC North champion? It's the Cincinnati Bengals. I didn't see that coming. Now, I'm not super shocked they beat the Chiefs, even though I picked the Chiefs, because I think they could play. But if you would have told me they were going to go in with that Ravens team and the way I thought the Browns were going to look, and I thought the Steelers wouldn't be great, but they'd be better than what they are. And the Cincinnati Bengals were going to win that division. I'd have called you a liar. I know they've kind of been your darling team for the whole year. You better, man, big shout out to those Cincinnati Bengals. Welcome to the jungle. That's what, that's what I'm going to say. I wouldn't be surprised if the AFC has to go through Cincinnati this year, the way that, the way that things have looked I, We'll talk about the Titans when we talk about our power rankings, I'm sure and how amazing it is that they're uh, top of the AFC now. But the way that the Bengals are playing and the way that the teams around them are playing, it could it be out of the realms of possibility that uh, the AFC has to go through the jungle this year? Uh, let's find out. <laughs> Just a quick question. I feel like a little bit of an asshole. I want to know if you feel a little bit of an asshole. Last week, we just did our top five coaches, and Vrabel ain't on there for either of us. We did mention Vrabel. I know. We, we, but at the end, we said. I know. Okay. At the end, we said. By the way, Vrabel's fucking sick. Don't think that we've forgotten about him. We'll just, we'll just have to wait until he actually wins something. But um, yeah, that Cincinnati Bengals versus Kansas City Chiefs game, an instant classic in my book. Which to me, I don't think they're going to the Super Bowl, but. Don't like Cincinnati fans. Don't shit on me. Well, go ahead. I was just saying but, I wouldn't be surprised. With <laughs> right, but I would say don't think that that's an easy game for any AFC team that's got to go play them because if they are clicking, they are tough. If they come out and shit the bed like they do every once in a while, then I wouldn't be shocked either. But they just beat what I consider the best team in the AFC. So, yeah, I was pretty impressed. Congratulations. Yeah, what is it? Two 1,000-yard rushes. Joe Burrow's now thrown for 
4,000 yards, maybe getting towards 5,000 yards with his last two games way for, for a hundred, uh, for, uh, a thousand yard both. rusher, and they're all under twenty five years. Thousand yard rusher, all under twenty five years old. Jamar Chase has just broken the single game, uh, the single game rookie yards record for a wide receiver with two hundred and sixty six yards in one game. Dude is an absolute monster. And hey, if I go back to my wide receiver list, I'm going to find it difficult not to put him on there now, even though like he hasn't really accomplished anything. But the guy's just he just makes people look. Shit, and I, I, I got into it with a bit of a Chiefs fan, and I'm not, I'm not proud of myself to be perfectly honest, because I, d- I don't like to get into it with homers and 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 things like that, because like I, I get the same with the Cowboys, and I find it very difficult to back down. But um, I got into it with a Chiefs fan, and he was saying about how our refereeing calls cost them the game, and refereeing calls ruined a classic, and all of that kind of stuff. There were blatant fouls. Like in this game, is possibly one of the only well ref games of the season. Like in my personal opinion, like I messaged you when that um, when Jamar Chase got pulled down. I for everybody who needs to know, I'm always two plays behind Jay for some reason. So Jay never messages me first off. Otherwise, I get mad because he ruins the thing in two plays time for me. Um, but I messaged Jay saying that is a blatant pulling down. I saw it as soon as Jamar Chase hit the floor blatant, blatant holding call. And then Mixon gets it into the end zone anyway, but they come back for like some offsetting fouls and things like that. And then there was another uh, another hold that was completely blatant all on the goal line. And it's just, yeah, the, the, the Chiefs shit the bed by committing so many fouls. It looked like they were going to get the stand. And they committed so many blatant fouls that the rest had to give those flags. It's not the same as when they don't let each other play. And I think it was highlighted by when you watch the opening stanza of the Dallas Cowboys versus the Arizona Cardinals. And this is a game where referees don't let the guys play at all. And then you watch the Chiefs game and you're like, oh yeah, shit, they did let them play. Those fouls were just blatant. And I want to just, I think what the guy said to me, and this is where I felt a bit bad because I was like, oh yeah, shit, you're just a complete homer and there's there's no there's no point of arguing with you. And I said, to, he, he said something to the effect of, you've never played high level American football. And I'm like, well, fucking duh, I'm British. So of course not like I, but I, I comment on it a lot. We have a decent following and things like that. Hey, I just said, neither so, had Al I, Michaels or Mike Florio yeah, or you know what I'm exactly. saying? And I just, and I just said to him, better, <laughs> but we are smart enough to like use our eyes and judge against their peers. Yeah. And it was just something like, Right, well, you go fucking back and watch the first quarter where Kelsey just gets, where Kelsey gets an identical pass interference call than Jamar Chase gets. And he replied back with, oh, well, yeah, but this decided the game. And it's like, well, that's good refereeing then, isn't it? it? If it happened in the first quarter, the same shit should get called in the two minute warning. And that's fantastic refereeing. And it's what we like to see a well-refereed game and the guys, they didn't destroy a classic because they let the guys play and it was blatant fouls and well done to the Cincinnati Bengals for going, uh, for welcoming the chiefs to the jungle. And this is nothing against the chiefs either. Like the chiefs are still probably the best team in the AFC in my personal opinion. It's just the Bengals went unstoppable. They went super cyan. Okay, 
been kind of holding off because I feel bad, but Maddie, we have to do it. We have to talk about your Cowboys versus the Cardinals. I know that was a rough game for you. It's all right. It's okay. Uh, so what happened in your opinion? What do you think happened? I don't really fucking know. Uh, <laughs> I don't even laugh at you, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> um, we played like shit. The Cardinals kind of played like shit as well. The, like the, Car- the Cardinals weren't particularly good. They just had a few. The referees were a bit, you know, like I had a. I see, I'm complaining about this Homer, but I'm I'm thinking about it for both sides as well. Um, what there was a happen- from somebody who was neutral. There was a shitload of flags for both teams, and I started yeah. to get annoyed with the game. That, that's what that's what I was meaning to say. It's just because I'm a Cowboys fan that comes off bad. They were calling so many flags that it just ruined the flow of the game. And they were calling flags on a lot of stuff where it was, yeah, if you slow down every... There was a... Con- that Dak ran for 10 yards and they brought it back for a Connor Williams hold that was on the other side of the offensive line. And he tugs his jersey like that like and the guy weighs fucking 290 pounds like that isn't going to slow him down at all really um but it was a hold but if you slow every play in the nfl down on the offensive line you'll see that every single play so it's 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 just kind of the flags weren't wrong it's just maybe let the guys play a little more what i would say is when it comes to those badly thrown balls, so I'm, I'm particularly talking about the fake punt here. And as the rules have looked this season, that was pass interference. Definitely the Dallas Cowboys deserve to lose the game. I'm not saying the refs cost the cost us the game, but when it comes to that pass interference call on uh, the guy fucking caught the ball anyway. So great, great catch, like fantastic work. Great catch uh, as well. So it doesn't really matter, but the fact that they throw pass interference, it's those, terrible throws that are underthrown that the wide receiver comes back through the cornerback to come get that they have to eliminate for the playoffs. They they have to get the refereeing teams together and say, look, if it's an underthrown ball and that like that's the reason that the cornerback isn't seeing it, then you've kind of got to like err on the side of the defender for that because we're awarding shitty play and guys like Tom Brady are really going to take advantage of that. Um, yeah, but the NFL is not going to do anything because it's an offensive yeah. league and they love the scoring. I personally think – so, yeah, Dak threw some, a few bad passes, but his receivers didn't help him at all either, no. dropping passes. Pollard got no. one right in the chest on a third down. Nobody around him for 15 yards, and he looks at his hands, and I would have looked at my hands too because I wouldn't have wanted to make eye contact with Dak after that drop. There's been a few things like that this year where it gets worrying, like CDs had a few drops, like it, it just in open play, just a few drops because they're so worried about making it up the field and scoring a touchdown, like just catch the fucking ball. But um, yeah, uh, what I would say is Kyler Murray went Kyler Murray in the, in the end of the game to ice the game. That was impressive the way that I iced that game because he just went right. Well, I'm just going to run this ball now for first downs and there's nothing you're going to be able to do about it. Um, there was a few holding calls that got missed on Micah Parsons as they always seem to be missed on Micah Parsons because the refs are like, oh, well, he's in the backfield every time. Like, <laughs> like we've got to give the offensive line something, you know? Um, and 
Greg Zerline needs to learn how to kick field goals from 25 yards out. That'd be that'd be really helpful. Uh if that's okay, Greg. Like Greg Zerline will ice a fucking 60-yard field goal for us to win a game. And then we'll miss from 25 yards out. It's well, it's absolutely it's ridiculous. It very possibly could be that you play them in two weeks again, so you'll I, have your shot at a revenge. I'll take him. I'll do, do you know what? I I'd 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 take him. Um with the Cowboys, I'm not I'm not actually too worried about that performance. That's the weird thing about it. Like, yeah, it's really shitty for us, like, but we don't deserve to be the first the first seed in the NFC anyway. And the way that the NFC is shaping up, you don't want any of the teams in the playoffs in the first round by the look of it. So so I'll take the cards. That that's all right. I'll i I'll take the Cardinals at home again or the Rams, whoever ends up winning that division at home. Fine, whatever. What I'm worried about is how frantic Dak looked. And I I I messaged you this and I tweeted this as well. Like Dak's had some shitty games, like where he's he's missed a couple of throws, and this is since he's come back. He's missed a couple of throws, dinged and dacked a bit too much, not thrown down the field and things like that. But he's never seen frantic before. Those intangibles are always still there, and he's he always seems in control, but that that fumble that that fumble basically cost us the game at that point and that was frantic play and that worries me that worried me well maddie we won't beat a dead horse i thought <laughs> arizona played pretty good for having some of their stars out yeah um i kind of felt like the game was going to go like that that's why i picked them but like i kind of want to see you guys match up again in the playoffs just to see that round two of that game and I want to know if you're going to follow me and repeat after me in this next one, because we're going to talk about another playoff team. Fly Eagles fly. I don't think you can say it. I will never fucking say that. (laughs) (laughs) The Eagles are playing some good football though. They did beat Washington though. And not to shit on them. And I like what Jalen Hurts is doing. And I like the way they can run the ball anytime they want, but there was some, TV talking heads just praising that game yesterday. Like they beat up the 85 bears defense or something. And I'm like, like, I'm not trying to be that guy, but like, bro, slow down. They beat Washington by four points. Yeah. It's like they bought, they beat the Washington football team by four points, but those same people will be slagging off Dallas for beating the Washington football team by 20 or what, like whatever we, whatever we walked them with the, the week before. So it's, it's all just a bit tip for tap. It's it's just different expectations, and the expectations of the Eagles was they weren't going to make the they weren't going to make the playoffs this year. I, th- I I don't know many people who picked them to make the playoffs. I know I only had them winning like I need to go back to my notepad. It's in there, but I had them winning like five or six games at the start of the year, and now that that they're, they're looking good, um, they've got a playmaker in Jalen Hurts that can make anybody uh, kind of worried and. To be honest, I, I wouldn't want to face them in the playoffs at all. Waddle's balling out. They're run, they can run on anybody, it seems like, right now. Defense ain't looking too bad. They're impressive. I don't think they're like a Super Bowl contender, but I definitely don't want to play them in the first round of the playoffs. Yeah, I want them out of the play. Those running teams you want out of the playoffs as quick as you possibly can because um, you feel like you can shut down a pass a little better than you can. I don't know. I know he, he missed a few for like they should have beaten the Washington football team by a lot more. Like Jalen Hurts missed a couple of throws. Um, 
wide and things like that. But the Washington football team need a quarterback. Like Taylor Heineke, is he's kind of lost his shine over the past four games. Like he's a career backup, a fantastic career backup, like an absolutely incredible career backup. Like if he's my backup, I'm so happy. But dude needs to like. They've got a roster they they now need to get that defense healthy again and to get them firing um, and then to find a new quarterback would All be right. the ideal so, spot for them. Maddie, on to another game where I am just going to start this out by saying, what the fuck Carson Wentz? <laughs> like, he looked fucking awful. He might as well have stayed on the fucking COVID list. It looked like he hadn't practiced all year. I know they're going, he hasn't practiced all week. Dude, it looked like he hasn't practiced all year with the way he played. I don't know what the hell happened. You got beat by a Raiders team you should not have got beat by. And I, hey, shout out to the Raiders and shout out, rest in peace, John Madden. Good for you for pulling that one out for John. So that's great. But what the hell, Colts? I don't know what you're doing. Another Raiders performance where they were able to use the shit that was going on outside of the organization or well inside the organization, but you know, off the playing field, sorry, to kind of fuel an epic performance. Derek Carr played really fucking well. And if Derek Carr was on the Colts team, do you think they would be out of the race for the AFC South now? I, I don't, I, I think they're probably winning the AFC South with Derek Carr over Carson Wentz. Um, I think Carson I think Carson Wentz is more talented, but I think Derek Carr is talented enough and doesn't do as many boneheaded things. So, yes, I agree. Yeah, and when you're an Indianapolis call, you don't need to do shit because you have a possible MVP candidate in your backfield who's rushing for 100 yards no matter what's going on around him. Um, another quarterback who didn't get vaccinated and cost his team, I mean, I mean, it's fine, like, defensive linemen not getting vaccinated, like, like DBs not getting vaccinated, whatever. But wait, if your QB, who is the face of the organization, sets the example for the organization, if they're not getting vaccinated, then, I don't know, I, I kind of get a bit... I'd, I'd almost be tempted not to pick them. And it's... And it's a... It's a Still, you're entitled to not get the vaccination, but it could be a consequence that you're not going to get paid as much. You're not going to be uh, as good a team because they can't trust you if they're going on a playoff run and things like that. And it's what I've been banging the drum about all season, but Carson Wentz is too fucking reckless to be um, a quarterback of a team that are going for a Super Bowl championship. Well, that's a hell of a segue, and you'd think you were a professional because another quarterback who's being too fucking reckless and that I'm starting to believe I may have overestimated Matt Stafford. I'm actually convinced Kirk Cousins is a better quarterback than Matt Stafford. I think I may have overrated him because Matt Stafford just is an interception freaking machine. When he has an offense, he should not be doing the same shit he did in Detroit. Like he's at times, I feel like the Rams defense is what's saving them and some horrible coaching decisions by John Harbaugh again. Okay, where, where I kind of want to take this is actually saying that maybe in the playoffs, Matt Stafford will be fine because okay. he seems to make plays when he has to make plays. So I agree with you. Too fucking reckless. Nearly cost me the fantasy championship last week by getting like th- 
three interceptions in a game. He should have scored about fucking 30, 40 points or whatever. The, he throws or he leads the league in pick sixes. I think he's got he's got a ridiculous amount of pick sixes this year. I think it's something like five pick sixes in or something like that. And I think Rogers has thrown like four interceptions and Matt Stafford's thrown five pick sixes or <laughs> something like something like that. It's an incredible stat. Um it's it's just seriously reckless. But if you then look at them, he then also has the most yards in the fourth quarter. And the most come from behind wins this season, or that some kind of stat like that, and it's in clutch situations he wins the Rams the game. Throw in to a guy who's also been a clutch player for them, Odell Beckham. Well, I think he's super talented, so that's not what I'm getting yeah. at. It's just he does Carson Wentz type shit. It's like, what are you doing? Like you are way too talented and you're way too good of a team now, at least for me. And I think most of us thought, okay, you're going to McVay. You're going to a better team. We're not going to see you forcing shit because you had to force shit in Detroit. Like, I don't know. He's starting to make me second guess. Like. Oh, don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm second guessing as well. I just wanted to throw a different yeah, narrative okay. into the, into the story where he's at least he's getting shit done when he needs to get it done, like whereas Carson Wentz is just reckless whenever, like Matt Stafford is playing absolutely lights out in the fourth quarter. But they, let's be real, they should have been beating that Ravens team with the way that they were getting coached, the way that they were playing. They should have smoked them, and they only ended up beating them by a point. Um, and it looked like it was going to be a great week for the Cowboys, and then it all fucking fell apart. <laughs> Well, all right, guys, that gets us through the review of week 17. Keep your eyes open. We'll be dropping a preview coming up, and we'll be giving you our power rankings for the week. Follow us on Facebook, YouTube, Spotify, all other podcasting platforms. And Maddie's been hitting the Twitter, so make sure you go and follow us on Twitter. Yeah, if you want to see anything funny about Antonio Brown uh, being a member of a strip club or him fighting Jake Paul or any shit like that. Uh, Street Beefs. If any of you are watching from Street Beefs, reply to me on Twitter. I heard Antonio Brown wants to come and fight in the yard uh, before fighting Jake Paul. You know, you need to get in contact with that guy. Uh, So, uh, yeah, follow us on Twitter as well. Also, follow us on Spotify. Subscribe to us on Spotify, guys, because we seem to be getting a few plays on there and you guys like it just as a normal podcast. And that's quite nice for us as well because you don't have to see my fucking radiator all the time. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks for watching. One world, one love. Deuces. Cheerio.